0: You're listening to the Eltham Baptist Church podcast. Hey everyone. Hey. Um, Yeah, I was really praying about today and just uh, the message that Matt and uh, that God's put on Matt in my hearts and stuff like that. And I was just really, I know, coming back to the point of like, my my prayer is that this isn't our Bible fill-up. Do you know what I mean? That that. God is going to turn us into a church that just hunger for His Word, that we're not in need of sermons to be telling us about the Bible, but we'll have this passion in our hearts to to know what it says for ourselves and to know the Word of God for ourselves. And so that's my prayer today. That um, yeah, as Matt said, less of me, more of God. But just that you know, this isn't this isn't the only time that we hear the Bible this week, um, that we take this and we apply it to our lives and and we seek Him um, throughout the week as well. But um. Yeah, going going back to when I first gave my life to Christ and to think about it, it was 10 years ago, which seems ages ago, but it feels like it was yesterday. Um, for me, it was such a, a real and physical feeling, you know, like for a lot of people, it's not a, it's not a physical feeling. And I'm just, I'm just so thankful for that experience that I had because no one could talk me out of. Jesus being real you know I had full confidence that Jesus was real that he died for me on the cross and that he lived inside of me you know no one could argue uh, that with me Um, but when when it came to it, I'm a very practical person right so I'm like cool I've had this experience with Christ I know who he is now and I was just so pumped up I'm like but what do I do you know how how do you be a Christian I guess you just be good you know and that was that was really what I thought uh, my role was now and um, it, was, it was quite annoying, actually, because I was just failing at that so much. But uh, you're laughing. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but anyway, when the Great Commission, you know, I read the Great Commission for the first time. I was just like, this is, this is good stuff. Like, it's giving me direction. So I'm just going to read from that right now from Matthew uh, 28 from 16 on. Uh, Then even, uh, sorry, no, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them uh, them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And I surely am with you always to the very end of the age. I was like, that is awesome, you know, like, I like I said, I had no doubt of who Jesus was, and now I knew Jesus lived inside of me, and all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus, and now that's in me, so bring it on, like, let's go out and make disciples. I had no idea what that meant. You know, but I'm just like, let's do it anyway. Um, like, I knew who the disciples were, but I didn't know how to make them. But it's almost like we just got to talk to people about Jesus, right? That's, that's what we do. So I went into my workplace and I'm just like telling these guys, seriously, shut up and listen to what I've got to say. Um, like, Jesus is real. He loves you guys. You know, you need to experience what I've experienced. And their response wasn't the same as mine. And I was, don't know why. Um, but anyway, I was so pumped up, and there was nothing that I could say that was convincing me that I'm wrong, do you know what I mean? And I got so full on, I nearly even got into a punch-on with my boss about it. I was like, you cannot be arguing with me about this. <coughs> um, not, Don't punch your boss when you're telling him about Jesus and he doesn't agree with you. <laughs> just saying this is how pumped up I was, you know? Like, I was just so excited and so enthusiastic for people to actually grasp jesus you know and the fact that we can have that relationship with him and uh but the thing a lot of things that i started to hear back from from my workmates or other mates that um because i didn't have a lot of christian friends when i gave my life to christ um i know it was sad it was a very sad time um you know the the things that they started saying back to me but what about you like you don't look like a christian you know the things that you do the things that you have done and my eyes started to go straight back to that too. And it was just this time where my eyes were going from Christ and the realization of who he was and went to myself and realized everything that I'm not and all the failures that I have and, and all this sin that just tried to stick to me, you know? It doesn't matter that Christ has set me free from those sins. I couldn't really accept it because I knew, I knew the things that I had done. I knew uh, what was going on in my mind and the things that I was battling with. And... And this enthusiasm just started to drop because I felt so incompetent um, yeah and you know I, I, like I was in the church and I started to serve in the church and that was, that was where I was comfortable though you know I started to become my heart for people that don't know Christ was it was scary out there you know I was getting shut down I was you know like um, really bad arguments with mates and everything like that lost some friends and everything and, and, and you can tell I didn't go about it in the best way but um, and my enthusiasm just left it was just dying and dying and and I it was just like oh well, I'll stay in the church you know I'll get this training and because in the church it's safe you know mistakes are safe and people there that love you and they want you to grow and and you know pray for you and encourage you and tell you the things that you want to hear sometimes and not always but um you know and, and and that was where it was safe and I was serving in the youth ministry then too I'm like all right well I'll when I become a better Christian, then I'll start talking to people outside of the church, you know, I'll start telling them and then they won't be able to use my sin against me, you know what I mean? And, but the problem was, and I was just getting stuck in the church, you know, like, and, and I was just getting through the motions of, the, of church and I was going through, rocking up on a Sunday, uh, you know, singing some songs, hear someone speak and then going home and, oh man, it was boring. It was so, so boring, you know, like hearing someone speak, for however long, and I'm sorry that you have to listen to me right now, because it is boring, but it was, uh, you know, like I, I, I didn't want that, you know? I, didn't, I was getting into this culture of Christianity, this passion of Christ was, like, dwindling in me, and I started to just accept this culture of Christianity, and just going through the motions of, of being a Christian, Try and put on your best behaviour while you're at church, and, you know, do all the things that we do here and then outside of church, I might read my Bible every now and again, or I might pray every now and again. and I'll tell people I like Christ, but, you know, um, just that, I don't know, the passion was just leaving. And I was just getting very, very comfortable and very flat in my faith. Um, and then I started to realize that, like I said, I didn't, I didn't want the culture of Christianity. It is a boring boring uh culture just to have and so i was you know really wrestling with his stuff and and you know how i said my when i first gave my love to christ it was a, a very powerful moment doesn't matter how many times god shows us these awesome things it's so easy to forget uh, and i forgot you know i would forgot what christ has done in my life where he brought me from and and where he brought me to and and everything like that and and I tried to go back there. It's like, well, what what was it? You know, where did this passion come from? It was just that realization of who Christ was. Um, and I went back to the Great Commission and it was like, you know, that that was such a huge thing for me to hear that. You know, it was just like, all right, that's what you do, you know, like how do you be how do you follow Christ? You go out and you make disciples. Well, what is a disciple? I don't know. Um and I was just really, yeah, really wrestling with those things and, and started praying. And I just realized, you know, I need to know what a disciple is. You know, if women are to be making one, then I obviously need to be one and to start with. And and am going to be copying Stu here. He has a great analogy for it. So a disciple is someone that follows Christ. And then to make a disciple is to lead those to the one that you're following. So to start with, I need to be following Christ First. And, and if we're genuine about making disciples or leading people to Christ, we're not just leading them to the culture of Christianity. It's boring. Um, it's, it's not exciting. It's, it's nice. Like, we have good friends and everything like that. But without Christ, it's, it's, it is seriously boring. Um, so, like, what is a disciple then? I started to have to really wrestle with that. Sorry follow Christ, how to disciple, lead those to Christ. Uh, And the biggest thing that I saw from that whole thing was that I need to remove myself from that whole equation, you know what I mean? Um, Like I need to be seeking Christ, but leading people to Christ, I'm not not leading them to myself, I can't lead them to myself and so I need to be leading them straight to Christ. And um, um, and, 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 yeah, Francis Chan actually, uh, he's a pastor in the States, had this uh, in one of his sermons um, that a revival starts uh, when the founder has a real relationship with God but they die because the followers only, know the, uh, only really know the founder um, they don't have that real relationship with Christ so as we're discipling people if we're trying to make disciples followers of Christ we, we don't need Moses anymore And so we need to be leading people up that mountain themselves to be having that real relationship with God themselves, not just this idea of coming here and I'll have the answers or someone will have the answers, but leading them to that place of genuinely seeking God. And I was really wrestling with that coming into youth because I'm just like, you know, we have this massive opportunity to disciple our youth. But what does discipleship actually look like? What is a disciple? And that's what we wanted to unpack as we came into this year is like, no, we don't want to make our kids or, or our young adults or whatever, just into that culture. We want to teach them to have that genuine desire for God, that genuine relationship with God. Um, yeah, and, and, um, and, and Jesus was just an, a massive example for that as well, as he was just continually leading people up that mountain um, to have that relationship with God themselves. Um, John 5.30 says, By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. And everything we're doing, you know, we need to remove ourselves from that. Um, Yeah, because it's so daunting when we're talking to people about Jesus because we, we put ourselves there. Do you know what I mean? Like that confidence just easily comes back to ourselves. You know, there's three things that I decided to unpack when it comes to discipleship. So to be a disciple, what does that look like? Because I wasn't just necessarily on how to make disciples, but I need to be a disciple first. So as I unpack on what it means to be a disciple, then I can teach other people that exact same thing. So the three things came to mind, and it was through prayer, knowledge of Scripture, and encouraging them uh, to be available to God. And that was it. So with prayer, um, yeah, just going on to... Uh, uh, Luke, oh, where is it? Luke 5 uh, 17, when Jesus heals the leper, um, or the paralyzed man. Uh, no, leper. Um, it was a, such a conflict of ministry, I guess. You know, because as I'm, I'm thinking about the youth and praying about the youth, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it here. And I'm praying towards it and my eyes are focused on it and I keep forgetting though, but there's someone already gone before me. There's someone that's already created the ministry in itself and there's already someone that knows exactly what's going to happen, but I keep focusing here though. And my prayers are going here instead of asking God, all right, Lord, you're in control here. I know exactly who you are, um, but I need to know that you've got this in your hands. And Jesus has this conflict of ministry when he's healed this leper. And... um, Oh, where does it say that? And news uh, from verse 15, uh, yet the news about him spread all the more. So the crowds of people came to hear him and, uh, to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. And I looked at that, I'm just like... Ah. That's what we ask for, you know. We going out there to tell people about Jesus is so scary. We like, we would love that opportunity for people to come and swarm us and ask us about Jesus, like, that would be great or, or about God. And then Jesus had these opportunities and there was sort of that conflict there because, you know, swarms of people were coming to Jesus so he could heal them and show them miracles and show them the power of God and everything like that. But he still went away into solitude and prayed because he was recognizing. The, the power was coming from God, you know. We don't, we don't look at the mission. He wasn't just focusing on the mission. He was focusing on God and recognizing that it is him it is in control. He is the one that leads us, and we need to be surrendering to him uh, all the more. And, um. yeah, that, what like I just said. <clears throat> I I got challenged uh, recently by someone um, as I was sharing this to them and they were saying about, you know, prayer. We sort of see it as something that we... Get from other people sometimes you know we go say you know go go see the intercessors go, go to the intercessors and they'll pray for you or come come up and get prayer and stuff like that and not dissing any of that hear me now um, seriously if you want prayer at the end of the service we'll have it here and it's just an amazing ministry that we have but it cannot neglect our own relationship with God we all have the gift of intercession because we can all pray to God um, and it's just the best thing about prayer is it's surrendering it back before God You know, we're not getting stuck on the mission and saying, it's like, all right, I need to work here. Our our role is to surrender to God and allow him to work through us anyway. It's his mission. It's not ours. We're not creating something new. God's already created, and he's asking us to be a part of it. And as we are surrendering in prayer, we're surrendering to him and and allowing him to work through us. And and, and through um, knowledge of Scripture... um, we we started to look at that for this uh, this year as well, and, and our Bible study nights for youth, and you know what topics should we we be talking about? What should we bring up, and how should we lead the youth into that way as well? But. You know, we're trying to teach them prayer. And so the foundation of our ministry is prayer. And we brought in a prayer drive this year as well. So that we drive around all the suburbs and everything in the area, just praying for different schools, churches, police stations, whatever. And just recognizing that that comes first. You know, there's God that is at work, so we're just surrendering the suburbs to him. That is all that is. And so we're encouraging them to do that. So how can we encourage them to seek knowledge of scripture and just seek scripture to put it on their hearts and everything like that. And and as we were thinking of these topics, we we're like, oh, that's not really seeking, getting them to read scripture. That's just, you know, looking at scripture to address things and everything like that. And, uh, but we wanted to in, uh, encourage them to read the Bible for themselves. They're not just coming to a Sunday or they're not just coming to youth to be told about the Bible and what it says, but they're actually having that desire to seek God through Scripture and through prayer. And so our uh, Bible studies themselves, we're not, um, yeah, like I said, we're not, we're not giving sermons or talks, but we're just teaching them. We're looking at passages and we, we, we're teaching them to wrestle with the passages themselves. And so they can be testing people like me. They come up and, and speak and they... Um, yeah, you can really just have that trust in the Word of God rather than, than uh, people. We want to be taking the youth to the gym, not the movies. And um, Hebrews 4.12 has, has been a real um, huge one for me, uh, really for me, and, and for our ministry too. And I memorized this because I didn't want to ever forget it. And so Hebrews 4:12 is, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And we're looking at these topics. We're like, ah. Oh. You know, if we're looking at topics, then we're not actually recognizing it as the Word of God, the living Word of God that addresses the thoughts and attentions of the heart, not something that we can create and talk about for the youth to actually understand and have that passion for the Word of God. It's the Word of God that will do that. It's the Word of God that will address the things. It will cater for the Christians. It will cater for the non-Christians of whatever is going on, and we don't have to try and Create something to uh, meet with their level or anything like that. Our trust is just on the word of God itself, and. Um as well we don't want to get stuck here we don't want to get stuck in just just praying and just seeking scripture and you can't separate those two those two go together because uh, just knowledge of the bible is useless without the spirit without the relationship of god it becomes knowledge it becomes prideful um, so those things go hand in hand but at the same time we don't want to just get stuck in in just our personal growth we need to be putting that straight back into action and that comes through the availability availability to christ recognizing that through prayer that we're Surrendering to him and recognizing that is God that does that through us. And the biggest thing that I hear, because I'm super passionate about people actually getting that we're here for more than just being here. We're here for more than just a career. We're here for more than just, you know, studies or, or money or whatever. We're here because Christ has created us to have that relationship with him and to make him known. And through prayer and scripture. That's what we have to offer people, you know what I mean? There's a people that I hear is like, but I've got nothing to offer. I don't know what to tell people. I don't know where to go. I don't really have those relationships. I don't have the confidence or anything like that. But as prayer, we surrender to Christ with knowledge of Scripture. That's what we have to offer people. That's what is discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart, nothing that we, what we can create. And so that's what we're praying is that as we're learning these things, we're not just keeping it for ourselves, but we're getting out in positions where God can use us, and we're not going out with the intent of just slamming it in people's faces. We're just going out and being available to God. We've had some missionaries come in and speak at our, our youth ministry this year as well, and that has been huge and amazing. And it's to help us see that what missionaries are doing cross-culturally <laughs> Um, isn't just for the crazy and the daring, it's for the available. And everything that they do over there, we can be seeing exact same fruits here. It's not for the crazy and the daring, it's for the available. Um, so we're not going out of our ways to, yeah, like I said, slam it down people's throats. We're just here and ready um, for Christ uh, to use us. And, and Chip Kirk really challenged me on that when he first came, was that you know, uh, moment by moment, being constantly connected with God, and don't remember the rest. But he did challenge me, and it was really good. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a good one. That's, that's it. That's really dependent on Christ. Um, and I want to give that to you guys. This has been short, I know, but um, I really want to challenge us. Like, in everything we do, can we say it's for the glory of God? You know, and not to, not to make anyone feel guilty or anything like that, but excited about what we do. Because what we do isn't just for the sake of doing it. It is for the glory of God. It is so hard um, to just go into everything that we do with that mindset, with being desperately dependent on God and knowing that he has gone before us. You know, I have the amazing opportunity to be a part of our youth ministry. And that's something that's organized, a ministry where it's like, You know this is what we do we are discipling people and not everyone has an opportunity in their workplaces or their schools or anything like that to be so openly about that but the mission is exactly the same is making disciples and the awesome thing is is we can't do it that power comes from christ We are just surrendering to him through prayer, meditating on his word, recognizing the power that comes from this. And that's what we have to offer people as we are available to God and seeking him. But let me pray right now. I don't know if the band's coming up or not, but um, let me pray right now. Father God, would you just send us out as you sent your disciples out, Lord, to preach your word, to teach your commandments, to make disciples, Lord. Would you turn us into disciples, Lord, people hungry for you, a desire to know you more, Lord, to hold you above everything else in our lives, No matter how good or bad things are, Lord, we can still praise your name and give you glory. Lord, clean us. Renew our hearts. Break our hearts for what break yours, Lord. Do not let us get comfortable in this building, but send us out, Lord, to those that do not know you, because there's a whole world that doesn't know you, Lord. Father, lead us. Give us a passion and a desire for your love to be known and experienced to our family, to our friends. Shape this church, Lord. We are yours. Challenge us, strengthen us. Power only comes from you, Lord, and we know that, we recognise that. Do not let our own failures or our own weaknesses or our own fears hold us back from you, Lord. Hear our hearts. And, Lord, we want to give you Eltham, We want to give you Melbourne, Australia, and the world, Lord, and recognise that you are our king. You are our Lord. And no matter what's going on, Lord, our trust is in you. And we know things are going to get bad. Your word says it. <clears throat> But Lord, there are still people that do not know you. I have not experienced your love. We just ask for miracles in this place, in Eltham, Lord. You know, I know your word says things are going to get bad, but I don't want to give up that hope that a whole suburb could know you, a whole city. Would your spirit move through this place, open people's hearts to you, open people's minds to you? As we go out and be available to you, we will have these experiences of your provision, your provision for what we need, but just provision for conversations to happen, opportunities, Lord, to be available to you, and for your kingdom to grow, Lord. We long for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to the Eltham Baptist Church Podcast. If you'd like to hear more or simply pay us a visit, go to www.elthambaptist.net.